I always have that shit happen. It takes right. me a minute to uh, figure shit out. To set it up. Camera could have used that cup last night for his costume. Yeah, I should have. You should have told me. This comes from uh, Pappy's Rib Fest. That's gross. This cup looks like it weighs as much as he seemed to weigh in that video of him dancing. Yeah, he's very thin. Is he uncomfortable dancing? No, I think that's when he's most comfortable. That was him comfortable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for taking a video of that. That's what I do. I love that you did that. Well, yeah, I always do. I like to film my dumb friends. I I don't go out enough for you to get me. I'll get you eventually. Yeah. I don't get fucked up, though. Yeah, but it's not about getting fucked up. It's about you. Well, but the fuck-ups are so much funnier. Like one time... Welcome to the show, by the way. This uh, is uh, this is it. This is the show. One it's time, disappointing. <laughs> you're disappointed. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Welcome you into my world here. My my prospecty cup. One time, I got wasted drunk, mm-hmm. and my friends. I was in the back of the car, and I was laying down. There's a bike on top of me. I have no idea why there was a bike on top of me. It was my bike. I they, like there's no other way to get the bike in and I they had to drive me home because I was too fucked up and oh my god man I started yelling I was like get me out of here get, like I was just like in my brain I had decided I was like this is it I need out you know you know what I mean I guess I was like I'm out of here and I just yelled until I got out and it felt so good this is why I leave drunk people behind I, that's I why I don't drink. Even behind. That's why I don't drink. They gotta go. I just drink the waters. <laughs> soda water occasionally. I had, I had beautiful San Pellegrino last night. Dude, I love soda water. I have uh, what are they called? Like the Soda Stream or whatever. You make your own soda. Yeah, I mean, I don't right now because I run out. Like you know, I think you're supposed to do three pumps. I'll do like seventeen. Like I want the water to hurt my mouth. Uh, what pumps it means how carbonated it is yeah you're supposed to it says like in the instructions like do three presses yeah and i'll do seven to ten wow and i because I, I like that like crisp how comparable to coke are you getting it because coke's not a three pump like, like coke coke with a mentos in it holy like it, fuck. it hurts your mouth why so high do you get you know that thing in your gums that white thing you ever get like a white like a Canker like, sore. Like, yeah. Do you, does that, you get those? Sometimes. Because of that, though? No. Because I, I feel like that rip wants to rip your mouth apart. No, that's not why I get them, though. I think it's like an acidic imbalance in your mouth. Yeah. That's what it is, yeah. Interesting. Do you flavor your these soda streams? No, I'm not a fucking animal. I don't live in a trailer park. Why? What's wrong with that? It's gross, man. If I mean, I feel like if you're going to do that, you might as well just go straight to pop. Like why? Well, because isn't it uh, less sugar? I don't give a fuck about that. I'm just here for the mouth hurt. Well, that's yeah. You're just here for the mouth. I'm pain. here for the pit pop poop. I want it to be like snap, crackle, pop. Canker sores, also called aphthalmus ulcers, are small, shallow uh, lesions that develop on the soft tissue in your mouth and base of your gum. This is another reason I'm why I'm disappointed. Why? Because this is what we're doing. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> I, I hope I hope if you leave in any way, if you're not sad, we failed. If we're not watching okay. Jojo Rabbit and you're like, oh, I'm so did sad. I have fun? And you're like, oh, fuck, I hate Jordan. And then you go and talk to Hepe at home. Yeah. Hepe. <laughs> he's like, but what? And then you just like, get in line. Get me crave. I don't feel bad for us. I feel bad for whoever listens to this. Why? Just because they're like. Well, you could be selling yourself short. Like you're the, you're very interesting. Like you, sure. you, you will blow me up more about stuff uh, when you're putting beer away. <laughs> you're dumping beer into a serving tray. You'd be like, you- hey, five points of information and you're gone. Yeah, I guess. But it's never like on demand, I guess. No, it's, it's just never. out of boredom. I need well, to be, like, I always do this. I always forget to say uh, you're Jay Freeborn. Jay yes. Freeborn is my guest. Hello. Uh, stand-up comedian. Yep. Friend of mine. Yeah, Co-worker. Currently uncomfortable with the current state of the podcast. He was probably, he was expecting more. He's like, oh God, I bet it's like tough questions or something. Yeah. I thought it was going to be very like a Nuremberg trial. Like you find yeah? out what I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you do? Weird, eh? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like when you really have to think almost who it, gives like, a fuck. You're, you're like your yeah. first and you're like, Oh, what? but you are, you are an important person. <laughs> At least to me. I thought, yeah, you, that's I, nice. I value you. I value yeah. you a lot. That's good. I value you too. Yeah. You frustrate me, but I love it. Why? Why do I frustrate you? Uh, cause you put good pressure on me. It's like a, it's like a coach. You know mm. what I mean? There's like, uh, it's like the guy comes in like the third, the second period was no good. And you come in there and you just fucking, yeah. You, you think did, I do that? What do I do? What do I say to that does that? When we got to get tight for a show or something or just like uh, about process or sometimes you'll say like, uh, this person is here, here, here. It's like, that's good. It's like you see inside of someone who's done it for a long time mm. and that's valuable. It doesn't feel like I've been doing it for a long time, but comedy. Yeah. Well, because you're so young, you're, I guess. Tw- you're 29. It's been most of my adult life. It's I don't really remember what it was like before I started doing comedy. Because it's always kind of been there since I've been on my own. Like the main reason I left my parents' house was to go and start doing stand up. And everyone knew you as that too, like your whole adult life. Yeah. As Jay, the stand up comic. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and it. And it for context, that's weird because I haven't had that. I've established a lot of other things outside of a lot of other things. So there doesn't feel pressure to, uh, like losing to me might not, might not mean as, as much in terms of, I'm, I didn't become an adult through becoming a comic. I was an adult when I decided to do it. So if you're like 40 and nothing happens, which it will not, that's not what's going to happen. But if you're like 40 and you still have to serve or something, that probably hurts more knowing you gave more time to it. I guess it would, but like, I don't really think about stand up in terms of money purely because of Cameron, my roommate, who's also a comedian. Yes. Just, it's always like the conversations are like, if it's about the money you already lost, like this is about just grinding to become great. And only like five people every two decades become great. And it's about doing that. And it's about, you can pour, yourself into this and just get better and better and better. And as soon as it becomes about the money, like, you know, there's a bunch of comics that we both know who decide to, instead of just become the best comic they can, they're like, I need to make my money by doing festivals every year. So I need a new seven about buttons or whatever. And that's not really who they are. But as soon as they record that, they're like, I need a new seven about mangoes now. Yeah. And they have to do that instead of being like, this is my act. I want I want like a real hour. I want to polish the hour. See, but there's a different, that's different. We like, that's why we all kind of congregate to each other. But that vision, that goal is different. Yeah. And it's not a bad one. It's just, I don't know. But you can apply, I, I apply this to everything that I do. Um, and the way you formulate, like if you want to get good, you attack it, you attack it, you attack it. And then the question for guys or women, any, any person how they view that is like, well, why are there people that aren't as good as you uh, further ahead? Like, why are, are, why are they much further ahead than you? So then I, I take that, I personally take that, and I start to analyze, like, well, why are they? And content, that's, what, that's literally what the podcast is. Like, I think I've realized that the podcast is like looking inside of people that I, I get to look inside all the time. And it's always these interesting, like, little we were always laughing we're joking around and fucking shitting on Mark and it's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mark's in the room, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. Cause it's just the, the way that's what this is. And because I've spent a lot of time talking to him about this where you're like, yeah, you grind this axe, you grind this axe. It's not about the money, but it is about building. You unfortunately have to build more than one thing at a time. Yeah. In our, in our time right now, you aren't fortunate enough to just become an amazing stand-up comedian. I mean, I think that you can. It's just it's my own opinion. It's just harder. I think it's just a lot harder to get your own fan base and hit theaters, like run like a theater tour, which I think is most of everybody's kind of goal is to, you know, you do the TV tour, shows, yeah. you do the movies so that you can fill a theater and like live like a king. Yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, there are some people who kind of do it. Like, Napar Gazzi doesn't really do anything other than... Tour. Than just stand up. Um, Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. Handful of guys. Mark Maron talks about this. So, he says, yeah. if I had uh, good advice, it, w- it would be not to put all your eggs in the stand-up basket. Yeah, Tim Steves is a uh, Canadian comedian. He wrote for uh, The Sour's 22 Minutes, one of the original writers, for like 10 years. And then when Rick Mercer left, he personally took Tim. And he was like one of the head writers at that show for years and you know steve's a little bit like my comedy dad and every time i see him he's like hey freeborn like how's life and we'll just talk about stand-up and he'll be like you got to diversify if you stay in canada you have to diversify start writing do learn to do animation do do and he, he won't even mention like any like the new stuff like no he's not talking about podcasts he's talking about like work work how do you feel about that um i feel like he's right 100 he's right but i feel like also it's a lot of stuff that i don't want to do like I, I mean, I wouldn't mind being in a writer's room, but it just feels like another type of office job that's just a little bit better than working in insurance. Uh, I mean, I can tell you from experience that if you enjoy the day to day of it, yeah. it's a lot better than working in insurance. Well, I've, yeah, that's I've what I mean. But it's like the thing that I really want to do is just straight. I mean, obviously, if someone, and again, we're like talking about Canada and like the shows that are produced here. It's like you can't even really do. Like, if you talk about CBC, they're, um, what's it called? Like, where they're, um, like, the people that they're trying to hit. Like, their demographics has to be between 5 and 70. Yeah. 5 years old and 70 years old. It's insane. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 65 so, years. Like, that's, in, that's insane. So, the type of humor is inherently, like, some of the stuff that Johnny Carson used to get away with in the 70s is still too edgy for CBC now. Yeah, that's hilarious. Like that to me is like a little scary. I mean, and then there's some that that break that rule, like Baroness von Sketch and uh, Tall Boys to Men. They're so they're really starting to break out. But I don't know. I just don't like the way that Canadian. I mean, yeah. And but then again, like I'm not doing anything to change it, so I really shouldn't complain. Well, I don't necessarily agree that you're not doing anything. I think you have an impact in it because, like you hang around young comedians all the time. So like Che, we're talking about acting and shit, right? Like Mm -hmm. that impacts it in some way. So that is a part of the art. But in terms of content, I've realized that that's literally what it is. So that's inherently how you can be funny, I think, is if whatever your practice is, like it doesn't have to be content that is like, driven to the masses all the time. Like it can be, I do this thing frequently. Yeah. Or I do this, you meet me here. Like you establish a a base of people that you take with you and you do this with them. But yeah, there's the luxury of just like, okay, I'm just going to get really, really, really funny. Yeah. Like Sebastian didn't do it without Vince Vaughn. Like, you know, that helped a lot. And realistically, he was probably that funny Four years prior to that. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. like Four years is a long time in terms of stand-up, man. It is a long it's time. It's a really long time. Like, even like eight months is a long time. It is. It's huge, so. But I understand what you're saying in that. But, I mean, it also goes to show, like, he just did it the stand-up, and then eventually he was so funny that someone was great, and they saw him, and then they put him on a TV show yeah. that was about stand-up, which is one of the things that people say doesn't happen anymore, like... I think the thing that doesn't happen anymore, do you know the Freddie Prince story? Yes. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. 19 year old Freddie Prince going on. He goes on the tonight show and he smashes smashes so hard. A bunch of applause breaks. Carla invites him on the couch. And then the next day he gets offered his own TV show and becomes uh, an overnight superstar international. And his, he was so good that his dick produced one of the men who starred in every nineties movie you've ever seen. Freddie Prince jr. Like that's how hard he crushed that, that testicle made Freddie Prince jr. Here's the thing. There's a reason that doesn't happen anymore. And it's a good reason. Yeah. You, there's more content to pick. You, You have the burden of choice now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and also it's, I think that Che and I talk about this all the time about how right now every human being, especially in the Western world that has access to English internet is just funnier than the average person. 
Oh yeah. You look at memes and tweets and like a lot of the times, like when I write a joke and I'm like, this is good. I will go on Twitter and just put it in and be like, Oh, not only has someone done this before, but they've done it way better. And several hundred people have done it way better. Yes. Which is good. Cause then you can check and that's, I feel like more comics, especially in Toronto, should do that. I hear a lot of premises that were done. That's why content matters. Yeah. Because if you are if you think about it, there's a digital shelf that everybody has. Mm-hmm. What's on your shelf? I'm not going to let you decide what my shelf is by limiting the amount of content. So if I have one stand-up video on my YouTube channel, it limits my ability to communicate how effective I can be at stand-up. Because <clears throat> I'm only giving you this one option to create an opinion. But if I have a lot of things that make you enjoy me or want to get involved with my cause, which is the discovery of new information that can benefit my life and others, that's literally, I think, what my like vision would be if I was a business. That's what's important. And that's what I realized was when I didn't want a social media, it's because I felt like I didn't, I didn't connect well with people. Like I would be like, oh, like what's this thing you do? And I didn't know how to handle those questions. Sometimes I get edgy with that kind of thing. And I didn't really know why. And I, I couldn't see it that way. Um, and once you get out of that, and I think that's what we all struggle with, like that self thing that you're kind of in the hamster wheel about, whether that's, you know, an ex-girlfriend, uh, a mistreatment of your family, something happens, you lose somebody, so anything, like whatever your hamster wheel is. Once you figure yeah. out why you're in there, that's where this all came for me. Like I'm not going to get what I want in my life doing 10 to 15 stand-up shows a week because that leads to somebody deciding that I'm going to fit into this thing. Yeah. And all I want to do is my own thing, I realize. That's what touring is. All I want to do is my own thing and I want to do it with my friends Cause I think that's really the best part of this. And I'm like, okay, wait. So if I'm doing this like all the time, all the time, which I still believe you should, but my, what I'm getting out of it has changed and I'm, I'm more valuable to myself now. Hmm. So I'm not going to the mic going, fuck, I hope I'm going to get just, like, I'm not going to create just for laughs at that. I'm going to create the comic who is, has the ability, but I'm not going to create the opportunity from that. I might, there's a chance but there's other avenues that can I can put less into and still do the same investment in, in comedy and get more. Yeah, I always liken it to being like a soccer player and that like stand-up is the basics, like you learn to kick the ball. Yeah. And then there's like being able to pace, like you need to be able to like how, how mentally tough are you? You got to run. This is a long game. And then there's like how, like using your knees and then there's using your head and there are different skills that you need to apply and add to make your perfect soccer player, like perfect comedian, which is like, you need to be able to be interviewable. You need to be able to have a social media presence presence. You need to be able to network. You need to be able to like also, which I, one of the things I think is the hardest is to do stand up, to write, to learn, to grow, to hit mics. And then the hardest one would be to live a life as well. Yeah. Cause oh, there's yeah. nothing worse than those comics who just, that's all they do. And they're just dead inside and they have nothing outside of it and it's not good. And their jokes are about comedy and airports and stuff. And like salt. Oh, salt. Like, oh yeah. Salt. Oh yeah. It's so crusty. Somebody last night <clears throat> told me that their new five on Floss didn't work in Burlington. And me and the person they were talking to were like, yeah. Okay. Sick. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'm going to go inside. I uh, feel like I'm at a very, I feel like I'm at the, one of the toughest points in comedy right now for myself. Because I know what I'm not doing. Yeah, and, and you're I, not good. And I still have to like you're so ugly. watch my ugly face up there, like. Cause you're how how long or how deep are you? How deep am I? Yeah, how, how long? How deep is my doing? love? One year and uh, ten months, and then going to be eleven months when November happens. Yeah, the first like two three years are definitely the hardest. Yeah, by far. I have it. I have it very uh, easy though, in terms of like, no one's like rude or fucking fucks with me or like 
I mean, I don't think that that was that's the hardest part. It's that. But if, do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't have anybody like bearing down on me. Trying no, to, but it's all about the hardest part. I think is I'm encouraged is knowing that you should be better because you have taste. There's the uh, host of This American Life has this great quote, which I think you probably heard about. Like, um, when you have taste, it's so hard to start. And creative people, I wish someone told me this that like it's so hard when you start and you have good taste and you're creative because you know how bad you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And it takes them an extra long time to get good because they're judging themselves because they have such great taste. They know that they should be get better. It's like, um, what's it's like, um, unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, unconscious, no conscious competence and then unconscious competence. And then if you're consciously incompetent, it burns your soul because you're like, I'm actually funnier than this. Oh yeah. But Way like funny. it's not coming like what it's not coming out like it's like no 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 like you don't understand like it's <laughs> it's sort of like um, having sex with a woman and for some reason you come quick and you're like no no, no you don't know <laughs> I I'm good at I this. haven't in a while yeah it's been like give me a it's been like round eight two days. round two put me up again it's been like eight days uh, yeah I used to bomb so fucking hard and I would go home and like cry for sure. <sighs> and it wasn't because of the crowd. It was because I was like, I fucking suck. Dude, what I noticed with what Faraz and like his his attitude about comedy. Yeah. And then what he does and how he feels it out on stage. It's like I used to do so much more of that. And then I focused on all these other things. And he makes me realize a whole other host of things about it. But it's like I still am proud of the fact that I acknowledged that I wanted to attack this weakness. But then you, you like stand in awe of people. Like I've seen you do it too. Like where you just like in this moment and you're, you're being yourself and the audience gets that and they're a little louder cause it's funnier. Like it's like, yeah. we're here, we're doing this thing. Like you're actually, you mean all this shit, even though you've said it a lot. Yeah. You mean it now. You mean it right now. Like as if it's fucking, Oh, okay. The next thing I want to tell you, like <laughs> you're so excited, right? Yeah. I'm constantly trying to create that vibe when you're just with your friends laughing. Yes. Like just sitting after the bar and everyone's like, that's the vibe that I really want to reproduce. That's the fun as fuck. What? That's why yeah. small rooms, small room comedy, theater comedy. Him and I talk about this. I still think there's a place for theater comedy, but it's like small room comedy with a amazing like louis smashed in that room like it was it was sick he, he had a bad crowd on my night when he came to yucks really oh yeah they were like weird it started off weird the um the people in the front this woman spilled wine okay so then the host came up and she was like okay somebody clean up this wine or whatever and uh it was okay off the start and then the first guy like did well and then didn't do well and then commented on how the crowd was really tough he's like it's like fucking a really really fat black chick it's like, I'm putting a bunch of work in. Nothing's happening. It's like, walked off. And then the next act came and destroyed. But then it was still like, they're pretty drunk. It was like Friday late, like 10.30. Oh, Friday. And then also like everybody in that room is probably 9 to 5. Or so they all woke up at 8 a.m. 100%. It's now 10.45. They've had three drinks. No, it was later. It was later? Oh, because he had two acts plus a host. So he didn't get on till at least uh, 11 at least 11. No way. Yeah, man. Because Shannon's not supposed to do more than 10. And then they were both doing like 12, 15. Yeah, there you go. So it's like so 10. 1030. 1030. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying later than 1030. No, I thought the show started. Didn't the late show start at 1030 or 10? Either way, like it, especially like that late on a Friday. Yeah. And you have three drinks in you and then you're not drunk yet. And then the waitress takes a long time to come around and you start getting that beer tired and you fucking just like, I worked at JC Penney's all day. I'm sleepy. Like people started yelling encore. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, then like it got like a little bit of people into it and Shannon looks over and she's like, I don't think he's going to do, he, we, he did, he did over an hour and then they started booing and it was like, why, what the fuck? Like that's weird. Perform monkey. I know it's so you're weird. You're here for me. And I fucking own you. She commented on it. She was like, um, he did over an hour for you. Like, what do you want? And it was fucking so cheap too for Louis. Well, I mean, gets what he deserves, man. That's what you get. He probably made like 40 grand that week. 
I don't know. I don't even really want to think about the math. That's what touring is. That's why Schultz talks about it. Uh, yeah. I was listening to him and Joey Diaz where, you know, he got an offer to do a half an hour with Netflix and he didn't feel like the money was right. No. And he's like, no, like I don't, I don't need you to support what I'm doing. And that's, that's, that's power. But that's what also, I'm after. Telling Netflix no is like a little bit of power in itself. Like 100%. Natural to humans. If you tell someone no, it like makes them want more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I think that it's also changing. I've talked about this a bit. Like stand-ups changing. People don't watch hours. Like outside no, of short. Out of you and I or you. Like you don't. If e- it's funny though, I'll watch fucking two hours. It it just has to be funny. Yes, but laugh, I'll watch it until I stop laughing. Okay, you'll watch two hours by by like not trying to watch two hours. That's yeah. what Schultz right, 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 right. Schultz is like, if I give you a five minute clip, you're more likely to dive Keep into clicking. this. Exactly. Yeah. That's also why, you know, I do a bunch of these episodes. It's because it's like, I have seven hours of content now just from this week. So if you think about it, you start to think of a clip is funny or like you have a nice insight about something and I get intelligent with how to market it. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I might not be ready for the stage, but be smart. Like say this, for example, say I could sell a theater before I'm ready. Why sell a theater? Why not just sell like, I mean, I disagree. I mean, 50, 50 people shows. Well, if you can sell a theater like just once, like why not do it? And then instead of doing an hour, you host and you have other True. great comics on, you know, so there I you mean? go. Like, That's what I mean. Even that opportunity is a good opportunity. Yeah. You should so always take stuff. There's like a lot that. of, yeah, like that, that. That's what I mean. Like having these conversations, that's the type of shit because that's good stuff. And trying to build this base in Toronto, there's something, there's people here. Like there's people with a lot of money here. It's weird that, you know, to not pluck away at it. And when we got, when we got to do the Big Crow show, I saw a little bit of the people with money actually enjoy something that they don't get really. And they talked about that. They were like, this is cool. You know, this is nice. We would do this. And it was like $99 for dinner and a show. Mike Reed, is, that's really cheap, actually. I know. It is really cheap. And people commented on how it was expensive. But Mike Rita destroyed. The food was amazing. Yeah. And it was like one of the best nights. One of the best nights I could have actually imagined in terms of just like the first time launching it. It, it went seamlessly. Che and I even talked about it. Like after that, it was like the fucking Titanic. Beautiful beautiful went out there and was like oh my god that ship's amazing and then holy fuck we hit a goddamn uh, iceberg (laughs) Iceberg. took on water closed her down faint memory in five years it's funny to me how few canadians like i can't remember who read this statistic but it's something like something 90 percent of canadians have never seen stand-up comedy live wow but in the uk it's something like 60 percent of them see it more than once a year which is like insane there's no like, market. Um, I, like in my local hometown, the comedy club I've gone to, I've gone to see like 10 shows there and nine of them were fucking garbage and I would get it if people went to that show. No, but I mean people who've never been to see stand-up to even be like, oh, it stinks. Yeah, or to even know. Like as he, he's saying like has even seen has someone even do walked in and bought a ticket, not yeah. return customers. That's crazy. But people who've yeah, never seen it. Yeah. 90%. Yeah. 90%. Okay, but do you know what the barrier is, I believe, in Canada? It's because of this, like, like people like edgy comedy. Um, not in Toronto that much, I would say. I disagree, and my only thing that I disagree on is years of bartending. Because when I started doing comedy, I always talked about comedy. Like, even before, I would always talk about stand-up. I was always watching, like... If you've ever, you know this, Jay, you, you've always been like this. You're consuming the shit all the time, yeah. whether it's like whatever, right? So you talk about your friends and yada, yada, yada. Same way for you, right? So you ask people like, oh, you know, you ever go to a stand-up show? And the guy's like, no, the stand-up here in Toronto soft. I once had a guy say that to me, just a huge rip fucking black dude. He's like, no, the stand-up here is soft. I like it when the comics are real. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's just like, they're not saying anything. Like he's like, I went to a couple of shows here and they're just not saying anything. Whereas the American culture, because of their free speech rights, is way better for that. 
I mean, I disagree. Like, especially if you talk to that guy, it's probably like, well, where did you go? What shows That's did true. you see? Like, tell me. And then you hear who it is and you're like, oh, it, like stand up is so much like music in terms of you have to match what you want to the artist. Like, yep. so this guy was like, I love metal music or yeah. like, I like hardcore rap. And he ended up walking to a show that's a comedy show. And instead of being like, you know, soft alternative comedy about buttons and mangoes, it was just like stand, super stand up show. And he walked in and he was like, I don't like buttons and mangoes. I want to hear about pussy farts and blood. Yeah. But that seems like a huge problem in the stand up industry. Like, that we should do, have a better job for marketing the show with, like, okay, this is going to be his type of comedy. I don't. Or, like, also, there should be, like, Spotify for comedy. Like, okay, you like fucking Andrew Schultz. You might also like. That is coming. All that stuff is for coming. Sure. But I don't, I don't disagree with the fact that. The Canadian stand-up scene is viewed as soft, like, and because because it is right. That, but that's the thing. Like, look at the shows that are produced. It, there's nothing that. But I think it's soft crazy. for a different reason. Like one of the main reasons I think it might be "quote unquote" soft is in like not as good is because anybody who's good leaves because there's no money, there's no yes. market here. So as soon as people get good, it's time to go. And then you have like dudes like me who, in like the next five years, will kind of be at the top of the ladder. And I've, I'm not that good. And it's because there's a vacuum and I'll get to fill it. Yes. So there's like a bunch of problems. It's like talking about like, um, like soccer in Canada. Like, yeah, the soccer in Canada is soft. Yeah. I mean, like the games are entertaining if that's what you like. But if you go and want to be wowed, it's like, no, Britain and Germany and, and Brazil are way better. And it's because the best in the world play there. But there is a way <clears throat> at this current time, uh, an opportunity to create another chapter. I agree because of this, because of this huge opportunity with like OTTs, these streaming services like Netflix, even though Netflix will dial it back and it has slowly started to, that doesn't actually matter in terms of like, it's still audio. People listen to audio all the time, whether it's music, whatever it is. Yeah. Books, all that shit. So like, yeah, stand up is changing and I think it's a good thing, but it being, it being soft in Canada, it leaves us an opportunity to make money. Yeah, I agree. And and Toronto, like I've been doing stand up eight years, has changed probably like a hundred percent in terms of the type of comedians it produces. Like the average open micer in Toronto now is better than most like club openers like five, six years ago because of the rate Interesting. that people have to work. I mean, that's that's a, there's a lot of hyperbole there, but it's just if you want to be taken seriously as a new comedian here, you right now are a day and you do 10 shows a week. And but uh, yeah, I get when I started, that just wasn't done. It was like me and like 10 other dudes that were doing that. Yeah. And everyone else was just d doing less. Like there was nobody was working and there was, there was like all white dudes. Like there was, a, there was so many rape jokes. There was like, there was only two clubs when I started in Toronto. And that the second one was like really brand new. Like when I started comedy bar had just opened and the cabaret space wasn't even built yet. Oh, and well, what was it without the cabaret? It space? was just an, uh, more bar seating. Really? Yeah. And I remember going in and talking to the owner, Gary and being like, Hey, like, were you ever going to do like an open mic here? Which now I know Gary like was like, fuck you. I feel like <laughs> stupid Don't fucking talk to me. I'm supposed to be at the blue Jays game. And he was like, oh, I'm thinking about doing it over here and building a little room. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, let me know if you ever need any. I haven't spoken to Gary since. So I won't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things have just like changed. Because now you have. He still doesn't like you because of this? I don't know. I don't think Gary likes anybody. That'd be so Also, funny. I don't really know him. You know what I mean? I don't really know him. He's, he's, I have nothing to do with him. Comedy Bar has more stuff going on than I thought. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just never thought it was like as... Uh, involved as it is like you know what i mean i think it's one of the like the top five i don't know what the other four would be uh, things that really changed toronto because before that it was everything was very in its own section you were a yucks guy you were an open micer or you kind of worked absolute or you were like a road person and then comedy bar you were able to hang out because all the other clubs don't have bars that people hang out in and gary designed comedy bar to be a place where he could put on his shows and then his friends could go drink. Yeah. And that's the whole reason. And the reason he started is because the venue they regularly did, the Skechersons, got shut down. So he invested in his own and built it. Wow. And then as soon as that happened, you start 
doing what we're doing now. It's like um, how uh, like a lot of like revolutions in like the uh, 17th, 18th century were inspired by coffee houses because instead of bars, like you were drinking and you would get drunk and just like, let's fuck. You would sit and drink coffee and be sober and you start to be like, you know, they don't really pay us. Yeah. Like, what are we, why don't we go and like, let's get pitchforks and kill a motherfucker. He's wearing a wig. I got, I got seven kids and one has smallpox on his dick. This isn't good. Yeah, and I gave it and to comics him. start doing that. And then all of a sudden you, you know, you have stuff like cask. Like I watched cask be born in the back of underground with like six of us sitting around and, and Sandra Badalini being like, this isn't fair. I don't like this. And I don't like this. And me being like, well, you know, you're kind of complaining, Sandra, and I don't really see comics always do this. Like, are you going to do something about it? And she's like, I'm thinking about doing something like a union or something like that. That's awesome. And then someone else was like, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, yeah, I'm going to see about this. And then like now, you know, and then people got scared because it's like, she's an Italian. She wants to unionize. I love it. Teamsters. She's one of my faves. But like, you need that shit. You need people that want to start something. Yeah, it's important. Like when um. In uh, Europe, specifically, I think Holland, there's a few clubs, and I think they might start doing it in the UK, too. Um, the comics unionize at a club. So they all get, like, their specific stage job, but then they also get a piece of the club, so they always get money from the door, even if they're not performing. Which is the way that it should be, because without them, it's just a bar. Yeah. That's that makes perfect sense to me. The di- the division of money is uh, completely up to whoever though. That's there's no like actual rules. It, it will never. There, no, there I don't think never it never will be. be rules. No, well, like, I mean that you know that's what they said about like the weekend. What do you mean? Like that's what um, people in the late 1800s who were working 12 hour days, seven days a week, were like, it'll never, we'll never get two days off where every week like that's not gonna happen like people literally had to like fight like physically fight to get the weekend and the same thing was said about like you know all all labor practices yeah but do you think it would become a point where say i run a show and i have five hundred dollars that i am legally obligated to uh pay people certain amounts um i think it could if it was lobbied properly it'd be interesting though it would be interesting, and it would be again. There would be a bunch of problems with it. Yeah, the facet of stand-up <clears throat> is very affected there. Yeah, but I mean, it's just anytime you progress towards something better for the average person, specifically artists, you're gonna run into hurdles that you know you can pick at very easily. You know what I mean? And, but that's just kind of part of it. Stand-up is a lot like music, though. Yeah, and I think that. The hour, uh, the hour is just your diploma, really. Like you can do an hour, you can do a good hour, and you put out albums, and your albums are of that genre, caliber, yeah. Because like the fact that no one's watching hours, Netflix must know that they must have data on the amount of time. Well, like, they're wind, they're they're winding down. In yeah, terms of they're going to do last stand up. Yeah, I, I actually think the stand up season two just premiered today. But they have certain <clears> hours in like a comedy special. Tennessee Kid was wildly successful. Exactly, because word gets around when a good one's out. So now yeah. know, okay, pick the hour-long special comedians carefully because it fucking matters. People aren't just going to fucking watch just whoever anymore. They can also they track him a bit more interestingly because when he did the stand-ups, they could see the growth and interest just in him. Like, they, they were, if you're, you're, they're able to isolate him, right, and, like, watch... People want and inquire, like how many searches for Neighbor Gatsy came up after that, like Fair. shit like that. Did you have an individual special before the stand-up came out? I think Not that was on Netflix. No, I think he had a Comedy Central. He, yeah, he has albums, but nothing that yeah. was on Netflix. Uh, okay. I think he had a Comedy well, Central. Stands, is that like- I think what they're doing now is they're realizing that if you can get big names, then it really draws attention. Yes. So, like, you know, I think they just gave well, Eddie Murphy $70 million. $70 yeah, they'll give whatever they have to. Yeah, and because everybody in the world is going to watch that. 100%. That's really smart. Over and over and over yeah. again. Too. I think YouTube really is the answer. Like, I wish there was <clears throat> more than just YouTube, but I think Andrew Schultz is right in that. 
that's how content should be done is short bursts that go viral, that get watched several hundred thousand times that have your name, that look good, that feel like you're in a comedy club, especially because most of these specials are like, it bothers me. Like this isn't what stand up really feels like it's, you know, Bill Burr on Rogan talked about it and it's great. You should listen to that. This is the one he was on uh, recently. And, but it's basically just like, you're not, it's, it's, this isn't a movie. You're supposed to be imitating a live performance just to feel like you're there. Yeah. This isn't an action movie. You shouldn't be three second shot changes. Yeah, the rules of filming shouldn't apply to uh, hour-long specials, in my opinion. Yeah, it should be like he, he talks about it. like It should be like a concert performance. Yeah. It should be like 9 Just to 15 long. That's so it. you can be drawn in. And he really talks about it. And so does Arsha Fear. Um, Arsha Fear's podcast is my, one of my favorite podcasts. And there's one where I wish he would do something like this again. I think it was like a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago. He had... Um, I'm going to misquote this, but I think it's the person who develops hour long specials and is the main producer and picks who gets them and shoots them as well for comedy central. And he like talks to them for like two hours about all of it yeah. from top to bottom. It's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's one of probably one of the reasons I know a lot about stand up is just so many pot. Even when I was a dog walker, that's all I did for eight hours a day was just listen to comedy. Podcasts. Oh man. So it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Of I dollars. spent most of my university in all college time just watching either like inside the actor studio or comedy or reading and about it or like. Yeah, you you have so many comedy books. I think you might have more comedy books than I do. Maybe. More in my there's more stuff in my room too. Wow. Uh, well, no, I'm just obsessive. Like I I like to dive into stuff. I love not knowing. I love falling on my face. Like I love fucking up because it's. I mean, I started out like that. So it was never yeah. at any point to not find out what's the worst part of this. That's like when I see a young comic who just like bombs and is like, oof, that was bad. But like, okay, I suck. But like, all right. Like you and Fred, like that's how I know someone's going to stick it out. Is if like, like, I can't remember who it was. It, like some new comic who now is really, really good. might've been Hisham. I saw him fall down and front of a bunch of people and instead of being embarrassed he just laughed and then got up and i was like oh this is a and regardless of what they do like seinfeld talks about like skateboarding kids like you you go out and you fall and you try to do a trick a hundred times and you keep getting hurt and then you keep going till you get the trick those kids will be successful in whatever they want 100 percent. and i think stand-ups are like that too because it's mostly just a mental spiritual breaking point is what makes new comics and older comics quit yeah yeah well, are you willing to do, like, am I willing to do my version of this, the version I'm doing right now for the rest of my life? That's the failure. That's failure. Ooh, yeah. Like the people that just stay the same. But I could. I could do, I work five times a week. I don't have much. Oh, I thought you meant like at the same skill level of stand-up. Like. Pretty much like that this is my reality. Because in terms of my skill level, when you level up in terms of skill you get better opportunities that have more money attached to them. Yeah. So I'm saying like, this is failure. If I don't get any better than outside of this, like I don't, I can't do any better shows. I never get on anything. I can't get shit in Montreal. I can't travel any of that stuff. This isn't that bad. Like the, I'm still, I would know this, where you're at is arguably the, the most fun. Yes. Cause there's no pressure. Not even no pressure, but you're around your friends all the time that are also comics and you have these like dreams and, you can really just kind of like imagine what life is going to be like and you yeah, get to true. kind of be like, you know, you know, when I'm, you know, five years in and I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm headlining at Just Laugh Scala, things will be real good. And, you know, they suck my dick just because I say hello and <laughs> da, 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 da. And then you're like, I'm so tired, but you still, it's just different. The main thing is, is that the more successful you get the, uh, and the friends who stick around, they get successful too. Like if I didn't live with Che and Cameron, I would see them maybe once or twice a month. Yes. And that's one of the reasons I have them on my show every week before we all live together was so that every Friday when I hosted my show, my best friends who were good at stand up were there just hanging out and I conned them into it. Like that's one of the things I'm really good at is gathering people. Like you'll you, like if you look at all the people I've ever really hung out with, they all seem to be like interesting, talented, fun, nice, hardworking. And they're kind of all around because I'm like, 
you go with this person, you go with this person because I like them and then I kind of meld and yeah. like this group. You're such a mom and a dad <clears throat> at the same time. Yeah. In the good way. Yeah. You feel you 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 feel like a mom and a dad. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But I'm also like a rap scallion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, you some you're like almost like a Cipollini onion, you know? You're in the you're in the Yeah thing and oh, don't burn the don't burn them. It's not, I mean, because one thing I realized is that if I didn't bring these people together, I wouldn't get to see them as much and they make my life better. They make me work harder. That's why I do this content stuff. Mm. I realize that I'm like more and more people that I'm drawing into my life. It just makes it easier for me not to be stressed out about it. Like going it alone was way more stressful like from the outside looking in i look like i'm alone do you know what i mean in terms of no like, i don't know what you mean like if you just met me and you asked me like what do i do i'd be like well, i work i go to comedy i do all these other things i'm pretty busy as a person mm-hmm. i don't really have like a girlfriend yes i have friends but it's not like i'm always with people all the time in social settings outside of things i consider to be oh like alone work. in a crowd type. Of yeah thing. okay so it's like from that appearance, like I'm just kind of doing my own thing all the time. Yeah. And I love like that. I forgot what I was going to say, but I realized a little bit now that that's actually empowering for me because I'm not alone in it because I'm surrounded by good ideas. Yes. The way people think is actually, uh, I realized that I used to have surface friends like, yeah, sure. You were around a lot and we hung out. But the way you thought actually was what I was, unfortunately, what's translating more between the walls. Like if I had a fucking radiator and I was trying to shoot energy around and, you know, there's walls, this fucking goes through the wall. This is the energy that goes through the wall. And it's negative. When I was saying, yeah, you're around, but you're negative. And with good people, you don't have to be around as much. No. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I know the way you think. And then when I see you, we're just like, yeah, what what happened this week? What'd you do? Yada, 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 this, that, and the other thing. And then it's like, oh, I feel better because I know that the people that are in my life work towards their lives. That helps me. Like, I, No one's stronger than the environment. Unconsciously, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's super important who you have around you. It's If you don't have the right people around you, like I can't remember who it was recently. I was at the corner and there was this person who's like, I want to do stand-up. Where should I go? And I started listing open mics to go to. And then people were like, why not this one? Why not this one? And I was like, because there's a high chance that they'll go there and they'll befriend the wrong type of people. Interesting. And I don't necessarily mean dirty comics, but I mean comics that have isolated themselves with negative thought, with an unwillingness to work with others and just enjoy the right parts of stand-up. And it's so easy to get stuck in that circle because you know we all we all do the same thing we all work and do stand-up and then you're just kind of not the wrong crowd and that they do drugs or that they like kill hookers but just they're not going to help you improve and that they're just like bad boring lazy people yes it's really hard i you have no idea the amount of that i had in my life like surrounded me even at work like jobs because literally when I first got my first bar job in Toronto I had people telling me like oh you're cocky and I worked harder back then than I do now like I I would sweat like actually be sweating like I'd be doing so many things there's so many things to do at this job Mm -hmm. and they're just like you're cocky And and I was just thinking to myself you know okay if I am the way that I've reacted to you saying I'm cocky, kind of like wincing and being like, well, I'm not trying to be like, I don't understand, you know, people are very critical of those things. And then when I realized that it wasn't me. No, it's them feeling less. And the environment. Yeah. It took me a long time to be like, oh, I'm just always this. Like it doesn't, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, if you don't like this, this is what it is. Too bad. Too bad. And then you find that when you get to have people around you that are like, no, be more that be always, you're like, oh, I'm not stressed out anymore. Yeah. Because there's none of this like shit in the air kind of around me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I've been very lucky in that I've always been <clears throat> attracted to <clears throat> like smart, interesting 
uh, hardworking people. And I think it was because my mother would always tell me to talk if you can ever find them, talk to quiet geniuses. My mother used to work at a chemical company and she said that a lot of the engineers there, people would ignore them when they just like weren't just talking to them about work because they were quiet and weird. And she was like, a lot of the time, these great people, if you spend time looking for them, can be the most interesting, smart, life-changing people. And to me, that translated into, you know, I had to work for Che's friendship. Like I was talking to him about that the other day about like how, you know, for whatever personal reasons, I, I don't, it's Che's story to tell, but he just really keeps people at a distance, like really, really does. And I was like, I want to be friends with this guy. So it took me like a year and a half. And the final piece of the puzzle was me being like, oh, I have a space where you can live in this house with me. And then now we're friends. It took forever. But it's like someone like that is worth the yes, work. She is, yeah. And what I got out of it is so much more than the work I had to put in. And it's the same with like, you know, dating, with stand up, with like meditation. It's just like if you put in the work towards these positive things that you, that everyone says, you know, these tropes are tropes for a reason because they're consistent Mm -hmm. in history. That if you put that work in, you are going to grow and you can help people grow too. And that's one of the reasons why, like, with like you and Faraz, I try to not like help, but just tell you guys the stuff because no one helped me like when I started there were people that were helpful but there wasn't anybody to be like hey just do this do this do this do this and like everything is so much easier so I really tried to do that because like I wish I ha- I still wish I had like a mentor like that would be so nice to just have like an older comic be like hey you're funny here's the next steps that our scene feels for for me our scene feels so good because I've been fortunate that people do that with me like uh like anybody even rita in the very 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 beginning with me was very nice to me um and like it's weird how that shit comes back around to you man because i've always remember as a kid feeling like fuck nobody likes me like nobody likes me even in my i felt like in my family like they're ragging on me like people at school are ragging on me like i'm just trying to be like the things i see on tv and they're funny to me and i just want to joke around and then i also had that really intense energy like a ton of energy even more maybe i might have more now than i did as a kid but do you think you have more energy now than you did as a kid i feel like it like there i've never felt like this uh, the way I felt over the last like three months, there's days where I feel like I can, I can, I can just move fast. And I'm like, wh- like, I feel like we're just drinking water and like eating good properly and taking vitamins and working out regularly. Yeah. And I just, my, my, but my dad always had a garden, like my grandfather always cooked well. So I realized over the course of my life and I, and for some reason I liked sweets later in my life. Hmm. So like when I was a kid, my mom always gave me chocolate in my lunch and like another sandwich for another kid and shit. And I would just give it away because I didn't want to have it. I wouldn't eat that much. Um, it's too busy fucking vibrating. And then I just like, now I feel like there's no limit to this. You know, when I'm really looking inside of my, my, what, what my life really is, I'm like, why am I not doing more? I, I should learn more things. It's almost like because I didn't do it in high school, I felt dumb. Like I, I missed classes. I did, you know, I, I didn't really take anything seriously. I feel like now I should just like learn as much as you can because you got to create value for yourself. Um, and I just throw like, you know, if, if I'm always a pitcher in baseball and you could throw a hundred miles an hour every time and you shouldn't, I probably throw a hundred every time. Okay. And it's interesting cause you're doing that and I'm doing something that's very similar, but the opposite. Cause I feel like for my whole adult life, it was like stand up. Like every, everything was stand up. I worked at a comedy club. My roommate's a comic. My ex-girlfriend was a comedian. I was doing stand up every single night, multiple times. You're writing all the time. Only really watching stand up. Only really watching comedy podcasts. I feel like I missed out on a lot of like the type of like life stuff that I wanted to do. And that's why I'm doing like, that's why I write like, I find it very funny that you're talking about how good you feel. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm on two hours sleep. Two nights in a row. Yeah. I'm super hungover. You sound tired. I am so tired. I'm yeah. really tired. But I'm so... This is the... Like, life is is so... You feel fun. It's so much fun. I'm not, I can't do it for very long. I can't do this for much longer. Yes. 
But do you know what's funny about that? That you can't do it for much longer. I did what, like, uh, I think that's kind of why I get a little bit of a pass. Not in like terms of you need to pass, but like I have a history of partying and being an animal. So like, I think it's easier for people to allow like, oh, don't brush me off kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, che was once said this. He's like, yeah, but you were fucked before. I was like, yeah. And for Che, like, that makes, I think, it easier to comprehend how I am now. It's just like, I'm addicted to everything else. You know, before it was like, I'm addicted to partying and girls and fucking drinking and drugs. Yeah. But now I'm just addicted to, like, the gym. One thing. Exactly. The gym or, like, comedy. Like, yeah. I just turn these, like... Like, I'm like, ah, it's like sugar in the blood almost. I really think it's like you get that stuff kind of out of your system. Like for me, when I was dating my last girlfriend and I was like, ah, I love this girl. I want to marry her. I want to be with her forever. And then there was a little voice in the back of my head like, you should fuck 50 more people. <laughs> you need to. Because you want to. You just really. And that's not just a guy thing. No, 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 no. Women do it all the time. This is, I think, a lot of the source of a lot of like midlife crises. These people have realizing that at the end is nigh and they haven't done a lot of the things that they want to do. That why I say that about the uh, women do this too, is because I thought of my friend, Anna, who you're going to meet tonight, Jojo rabbit and Jojo rabbit. Um, Anna's very like, you know, sex has a lot of meaning for her and all this stuff. And I was like, it's not that it doesn't, you know, just because I'm not looking for a relationship or trying to date. It's not that sex doesn't have meaning or enjoyment. Uh, we talk about this with the guys all the time. It's like, yeah, there's just different parts of your life. Yeah. It's like sectionality. And I'm taking my slot year. I'm doing what most yeah. people do in their first year of college. Like my first year of college, I went to comedy school. Like life was comedy. I would wake up at 8 a.m. and I would transit an hour and then I would go learn about comedy and write about comedy. And then on like lunch, I would go smoke weed and then write jokes. And then I would... Uh, travel an hour back to Toronto and then I would eat dinner and then do a show. And then a lot of times go an hour back to Etobicoke and then do a show there and then an hour back and then go uh, to home sleep. And then an hour back in the morning, repeat, 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 repeat. And like, I just like, I had girlfriends and stuff, and but I not, would, like, not party. like the way you can now. No, not like now. I also just never had any money. <laughs> it's also better to do it. Um, like, I don't know. I did it when I was younger. Like, I would say 18 to 22. Ah, it's better now. Like... Oh, yeah. You can communicate. You know what I mean? Yes. And you actually... Like, I <laughs> joke around. Like, I hate relationships. I love relationships. I love the idea of relationships. Yeah. I don't feel safe in them. You know, for now, I don't know if that's going to pass. But, like, I don't feel safe. That's if you do the work with your mom. <laughs> Maybe. Not necessarily with her, but you're... Yes. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's like... I can't. I don't believe Joe Rogan when he says, I don't do all this shit that much. It's like, Joe... What okay. stuff? What when shit? he's like... When people say on his podcast to him, like, how do you see your kids? Like, I've had people actually... There's people that on his podcast actually say that to him. Like, what the fuck? How do you even have time? Because you just imagine, like, you hunt, you do comedy. So, like, if you think of your day, I don't know how many podcasts he records in a week, but... If you do a three-hour podcast in a day, you work out, you have kids, and you do comedy, there's not much day there left to do no. other stuff. So I don't know who the fuck anyone's kidding, but you know I don't know what Arnold Schwarzenegger's sleep program people are on, but if you at best, you have 16 hours in the day to do shit. Yeah, maybe a little less if you're... If you really think about it, 14 because two of it is definitely like eating, getting up and running, figuring whatever out. And, like, and when you look at like, like time stuff, I used to be obsessed with this because before I did stand up, I wanted to be like a portraitist, like a painter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I would like draw and paint like hours and hours. It actually like I can apply a lot of the stuff I learned to stand up. So are you currently good similar. at this? Um... I, to get back to where I was when I was like 18, 19 would probably take me like six, seven months. You sound like that kid that played piano because their parents made them. And then they're like, oh, I was really good. And you're like, are you good now? And they're like, ah. Well, it's because it's it, it goes. It's just, it's like, it's like stand-up a lot. It does go. Yeah. It's really like stand-up a lot. It's really like stand-up a lot. And it's so hard. And again, I'm like super whatever. But I, like I we were talking about time. I used to... You know, you're in high school. I was in high school and like, and then I would come home and be like, I would break down time. And then I realized like, I'm shitting 
my life away, literally. Like, if you shit three times a day and it's longer than seven minutes, you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, hold it in Nothing's or something. coming. It's like, do you remember um, The Pursuit of Happiness when Will Smith's character realizes to save time? He doesn't hang up the phone. He yeah. doesn't put it down. He just hits the button. Yep. So I started doing that with shitting. I wore a diaper. <laughs> For fuck, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? <laughs> six, six months, I shit my fucking pants, <laughs> and no, everybody would buy my paintings. <laughs> That's amazing. No, that'd be fucked up. I would only wear a diaper if I like uh, really wanted to fuck someone who was into that. <laughs> Man, I don't. I couldn't. I don't shit like for that. me, baby, and like they like. I didn't actually wear it. They just cupped it, and they oh, wanted they- me to. In your hand? Actually, yeah. I have a great story that's not my story, but fuck them, they're not comics. <laughs> so, no one knows who they are. When I was like 19, you know that first friend who gets an apartment in the city? You all kind of like live there because you don't want to stay in this shit town anymore. Yeah. So, we would always come down, and he, um, he had this roommate. My buddy Dan had this roommate named Mike, and then my other friend. Let's just call him like Eric because the, both their names are Mike, and the story gets confusing. Okay. So, Eric is my close friend. And Mike, and there's this like neighbor lives downstairs, and she's like this hippie, sexy girl. And then I go home, I go back to Mississauga, and the because we all go out to the bar, and the hippie chick comes, and they all go back, and Dan goes to sleep in his room, and Mike is making out with this hippie chick, and they're kind of like fooling around, and then eventually she like starts sucking his dick, and then Mike screams at Eric like. Take out your fucking dick. And Eric's like, what? Like, why? And he's like, you're going to fuck this girl with me. And she's like, yeah, you're going to fuck me with him. And he was like, oh, and like just started. And so he's like, Mike is like fucking her from behind. And Eric is getting his dick on. It's going on forever and ever and ever and ever. And actually, there was another guy there who was like jerking off apparently or something. And then eventually came and then left. And then eventually, like Mike is like fucking her. And Eric's getting his dick sucked. And then Mike just kind of like holds his hand for a second. And he looks down for a second and he goes like, and then he runs to the bathroom and then he comes back and then Eric's like, where did you go? Like, where did you go? What's going on? <laughs> like, as if there's not a girl going like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> and Mike's like, <laughs> and he's like, what? Because <laughs> he's like trying not to let the girl know. <laughs> and Mike, what? And he's like, she shit in my hand wow. and I needed to throw it. And then Eric, I remember him being like. Oh, I have a girlfriend. Like, why am I here? Oh, wow. <laughs> what am I doing? That moment, the girlfriend. And then the best part of the whole story, and this is why he called me and told me this. He woke me up to it. He was like, I so in the morning, she goes downstairs, obviously, and they're all like, oof, like, let's go get breakfast. Last night was fucking crazy. Like, this is weird. We had like a foursome. There's like, I don't know, one girl. Like, this is creepy. Like, blah, blah, And they go down, and there's just like this older couple that they kind of bump into, and it's like a small stairway. And they're like, oh, hey, excuse me. And they're like, oh, hello. And then the girl comes out, and she's like, oh, hey. And like, standing beside this older couple, and they're like, oh, hey. <laughs> and she's like, oh, um these are my parents. They're visiting wow. from whatever. And they were like, Oh, Hey, and it was just so much room. He had to call me the amount like, of oh. disrespect she has for her parents. Slutty. Yeah, man. Incredibly slutty. I like that girl though. I'm seeing her a bit. I disrespect my parents when I was just younger kidding. too. I wouldn't fuck that. Girl. No, dude, there's dude. <sighs> guys get so greasy about that shit. About what? About girls like we have well, we, you have such a bad taste in your mouth like people get such a bad taste in their mouth about other people like you don't really get that many chances I think that's why you're reminded of it so much like well you get a second chance because you don't really no <laughs> like you do something disgusting like it's like yeah I like you but I don't like you <laughs> I do you know what it is it's not that she fucked those dudes it's that she had armpit hair actually this the is shitting in the hand is kind of where I am at for it I mean for if you it. put a dick in my butt a bunch and then pull it in oh, and out oh I thought she's just getting fucked no I wasn't telling the story there shit. I mean I, I'm not sure why she shit I don't know if he was putting in her butt so it's possible that he f- literally fucked the shit out of her yeah I mean uh, yeah that, I that, hate that armpit hair in women yeah, I, I mean, hate it. it's not I necessary. I make, I don't like, but okay. For let's give this context for a second, because okay. we're gonna get canceled. Armpit hair. Yeah, I don't have much myself. Like I have a lot, okay. and I trim it down. So yeah. the whole like it's a farce that it's a thing. Like if you want to have it, don't have it in spite of men. Do you know what I mean? Have it because it's like okay. I don't give a fuck why they have it. My thing is, is that like you it, don't care that it's in spite of men. I don't care what anybody does with their body. 
I pick my own sexual preferences. Yes. Of course. And if someone has a problem with my sexual preference, they can fuck off. Yeah. I'm not doing it because. But I'm not saying like. I don't even like my own armpit hair. I don't like armpit I'm, hair. That's what I'm not trying to say. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm trying to say that. I'm not saying the hair. If yeah. you have hair, don't have it like in spite of my. Yeah. Like societal gender. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't care why they do it. But that's. That's for me the problem. Like if you don't want armpit hair, but you're like, I want it because Jay thinks it's disgusting. Wrong reason. Have no, it, I don't care what the have it because you want it. I don't. You don't care. I'm just saying. Oh, that's your. Reasoning. I'm thinking that this is the right way to go about this. They can do what everybody can do. Whatever the fuck. They of want. course. I don't give a shit. I just like. But it's like saying I shit in the fucking well because it's you know. It's your well. I don't, don't care. It's don't, on your land. Don't do shit it. in the well. Also, you turn this camera off. I'll say a bunch of different shit about this. About well water. <laughs> <laughs> about pooping. Poop. Uh, I love the camera. The camera is uh, my favorite. I can't wait to see the 13 views that are all Jordan watching them at the Apple store. Oh man. I honestly, we'll probably get at least two views. That that would be nice. That's powerful. It's going to be you and me. No, no, no. I think it counts mine separately. Like I think it has like a separate little thing for me. Oh, like if you're not on the, yeah. Yeah. Like it showed like the RAF, the RAF one and I, we got 40, 45 views. They're not watching the whole thing. No, of course not. But uh, I figured out some stuff here on the tab, the, the, the laptop. So I'm going to be able to make some clippies. Some checks. Checks in A couple clippies. You got you to gotta get the checks in the balances. You, this is it, buddy. This is the fucking, uh, this is the show. We're going to go see Jojo Rabbit. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this movie for over a year and a half. Well, that's the episode, Jay. I feel like we, I feel like Che's episode, which I haven't listened to yet, was filled with like great information. And like this was filled with life change. You are not giving yourself enough credit. This was fantastic. You just, you were hung over. You went to a, a Halloween party. I caught you on two hours. The next one that you're on, it'd be funny. Watch the energy. You're going to come out with so much energy. I'm so tired. You battled me in the first 10 minutes there. You're like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and I'm like, this is it. How long do you think you went? Uh, hour 13. Hour six. Hour seven right now. Easy, eh? You floated to that. Mm-hmm. That's Don't Be Sorry Podcast. Thank you. Like, comment, subscribe, hate. Tag Jay Freeborn, stand-up comedian, awesome person. Love you. Thank you.